Greetings, Rebel fans. My name is Jason Kelly, and this is the Let's Run Podcast. Today in the show, we are talking about UNLV basketball's freefall, uh, establishing that we have a lame duck head coach, ladies and gentlemen. We have a coach that is going to be fired, that probably knows he is going to be fired, and yeah, times are dark for UNLV basketball. Also on the show, we are going to be addressing UNLV football, our upcoming bowl game, just a little bit, and some of the transfer portal madness going on. Lots going on today. Without any further ado, let's get into it. All right, Rebel Nans, we are in dark times for UNLV men's basketball. Uh, the running Rebels on Saturday night fell to LMU, the LMU, I think they're the Tigers, uh, in a game where UNLV was projected to win, but ended up falling to a mediocre, you know, not as bad as the Southern team we lost to, certainly, but a mediocre Loyola Marymount team. Uh, the Rebels lost 78-75. to uh, They were led by DJ Thomas, had a pretty good game. Uh, and yeah, it was a... I was at the game with my family, uh, especially after, you know, the tragic events that happened this week. I was hoping for a little bit more community support uh, for the running Rebels, but there was maybe two or 3,000 people there maybe i mean it was it was pretty bleak and the rebels seemed discombobulated the entire game from the beginning uh, coach kruger and the assistant coaches seemed to be chirping at each other the players were chirping at each other uh, and every pretty much everything that could go wrong seemed to be going wrong uh, unlv was definitely capable talent wise of competing with and beating that loyola marymount team uh, but for whatever reason, uh, the coaching, for whatever reason, we didn't. And let's dissect the game a little bit, go over some things that I saw, and really, you know, what seemed like the beginning, I guess the Southern game was probably more so the beginning of the end, but this game really seemed like the start of the end march of the Kevin Kruger era at UNLV. So the Rebels went into the game without uh, starting forward slash guard uh, Jalen Hill. And he has been a very big part of the Rebels' offense. Uh, Coach Kruger has been using Jalen Hill in the post-up game to post up smaller players. Uh, Jalen Hill's pretty, I think he's 6'6", six, 6'5", six, six, and he's got a pretty good post game. And so Coach Kruger had been relying on him to you know get the ball in the post and make passes out of it and score and we were without that option uh, in this game. And so the offense really seemed to not have a good enough a good enough strategy going into the game. It seemed everybody was dribbling the ball off their feet. There was bad passes. Uh, our young freshman, uh, Brooklyn Hicks, who I really like, but clearly is a freshman still, uh, he was kind of fumbling the ball a lot. Jackie Johnson was having a pretty bad game honestly I didn't think his decision making was very good uh, DJ Thomas had a pretty good game but again he seemed a little overwhelmed and a little unsure of himself at times in the game and you know our arguably our best offensive option Caleb Boone was dealing with foul trouble and so we were really relying on Isaiah Cottrell who I really like him but he hasn't seemed it hasn't seemed like he's quite figured out what his role is I know he likes to hit to hit 
They can pop threes. Um, and Rob Whaley, you know, who can't seem to stay on the floor, he keeps making mistakes. His defense is atrocious. Uh, he makes bad decisions on offense. Every time he gets in the game, the opposing team seems to go on a 4-0, and 6-0, 8-0 run almost immediately. And so, you know, the Rebels are without Shane Noel. They're all, they are without Keelan Boone. They are without Jalen Hill. So that's three players who are starter-level players that they're missing. But watching the game, I could just tell there was no excuse for us to lose this game. And while the offense was bad, certainly bad, uh, the real problem with this team is definitely the defense. And yeah, Southern Loyola Marymount scored 78 points, and I think that's 10 above their season average. And so the defense is real bad right now. None of the Rebels seem to be able to stay in front of the Loyola Marymount players. Uh, this Loyola Marymount team would be a bottom two or three team in the Mountain West. And they were absolutely cooking us against, uh, they were cooking us off the dribble. And while Jalen Hill has certainly been flawed as a player off the dribble, um, as a defensive player defending people off the dribble, DJ, Justin Webster, uh, these guys were just getting cooked. And they were allowing in inside dribble penetration. And Caleb Boone and Isaiah Cottrell, they aren't great rim protectors, and so what we found was just kind of a layup line. Uh, Loyola Marymount really just had a, a path to the rim whenever they really wanted it. And, yeah, our defense just isn't isn't up to snuff. Last year, Kevin Kruger was able to put a competent defense together against weak competition. Uh, this year, against weak competition, he doesn't seem a able to create a competent defense with this roster. And I, I truly believe he's a bad offensive coach, and his strength as a coach is his defense. But the problem is he's a bad defensive coach as well, which means he doesn't really seem to have any strengths as a coach. Uh, and, I, and I had one specific example in the game that I kind of wanted to bring up. Um, maybe it's a little harsh against Kevin Kruger, but I do think it's indicative of kind of his hesitancy and indecisiveness in-game that is really hurting us. So towards the end of the second half, uh, the Rebels had the ball with a chance to take the lead, and DJ Thomas was dribbling at the top of the key and kind of got in a bad position and was forced to give up the ball to Jackie Johnson. Uh, Jackie Johnson, now I am a proponent of the let Jackie cook uh, theory. However, at the end of games, you kind of want the ball in the hands of what is probably your best player in DJ Thomas. It's either him or Caleb Boone. Um, and DJ was at the top of the key calling for the ball back. And Jackie waved everybody off and ran an ISO attack. Um, and I just think, and I, I was looking at the coaches as this play was unfolding, as, as Jackie Johnson was waving off our top, you know, our five-star point guard recruit. And I, I looked at the coaches and I said, call timeout, you know, like stop this play before it happens. Um, and they didn't. And after the play, you know, there, there was a dead ball and there was a timeout on the floor and the players were yelling at each other. And I looked at that roster. I looked at the bench. I looked at the assistant coaches. And then I took a quick peek down at our athletic director, Eric Harper. And I said, yep, we have a deadbeat 
lame duck head coach. A guy who probably knows he is going to be fired and a guy who's kind of losing the team a little bit. Um, this, you know, this year had big expectations. We spent a lot of money on NIL. We um, really focused on having, you know, Kevin Kruger's best year. And, if, and the third year is generally when, if a coach is going to show you something, he shows you it by the third year. And we're just not seeing that. In fact, this is probably definitely actually going to be Kevin Kruger's worst year as a head coach. And that is with a senior-laden five-star recruit point guard senior-laden roster and a five-star recruit point guard and that's just unacceptable and after that play where Jackie Johnson waved off of DJ Tom waved off DJ Thomas I didn't really care what else I saw in the game I, I knew that that this was the end of the road for Kevin Kruger and it's really sad because I and many other UNLV fans really wanted Kevin Kruger to succeed we love his father we love what he did for the program but when you hire somebody with no head coaching experience who was just an assistant coach for a few years before he became a head coach, you're kind of playing the lottery. And when you play the lottery, your odds aren't great. Now, obviously, you know, you can hit a home run and, and, and maybe it could work out, but I think that this is a failed experiment. I think Kevin Kruger was not ready to be a head coach. His first two years, he was a mediocre mediocre defensive coach um, and was a bad offensive coach those teams last year's team and in his first year were carried by EJ Harkless and Bryce Hamilton and I just don't see the upside of keeping him around now with that being said I don't under any circumstance believe that we should be firing him mid-season like we did with Dave Rice that just I don't want to do that to a Kruger uh, considering how much that family means to the Las Vegas Valley, but he's going to be gone at the end of this year. And it's sad that it didn't work out, but uh, yeah, I, I don't see any any circumstance where he's around. Now, you might say, hey, you know, we're only three and four. It's just a bad early game. Uh, maybe we'll get our guys back. Maybe we'll be healthy, but I just don't see it. And that's looking at UNLV's schedule coming up. I, just, I really, I, I can't see it. Um, Barring a miraculous turnaround, you never know, but I, it's not going to happen. Let's go over their schedule coming up in the future and, uh, and, and kind of go through why I don't think it's possible. So the Rebels' next game is Wednesday. That is two days from now against Creighton. Now, Creighton is ranked sixth in Ken Palm. Uh, they did lose a game to Colorado State, but Colorado State seems to be having a sort of dream season, which is not something I saw coming considering their roster last year. Um, the Rebels are projected to lose 82 to 66 in that game. Uh, they have an 8% chance of winning, according to Ken Palm. It is in the Dollar Loan Center again in Henderson. Um, after Creighton, they travel down to Arizona three days later to play St. Mary's. Uh, again, St. Mary's just beat Colorado State, you know, that flaming hot Colorado State team uh, in Colorado. And uh, while Creighton, you know, St. Mary's is a little bit more vulnerable than uh, Creighton is, I just I don't see the Rebels winning, uh, especially because I don't think they're going to be able to score against St. Mary's defense. St. Mary's, while they may not be an offense, offensive juggernaut like they have been in years past, St. Mary's uh, still is a stout defense, and I don't see us being able to consistently put up points against them. Then we finish out the uh, 
non-conference schedule with a couple of games where we could win. One game we will win against Carroll MT. That's a you know NIAI, IA, um, D2 level school. Uh, that's kind of our tune-up for conference play. Uh, and then before that, we play Hofstra. That will be the first game uh, in the Thomas and Max since the UNLV shooting that occurred last week, uh, which I will touch on just a little bit at the end of the podcast. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, we're going to beat Carroll MT and get a win there. Uh, we have four more games, possibly a fifth, because uh, on the day of the shooting, the Dayton game was canceled. But there has been talk about rescheduling that game uh, during that uh, week break in between Hofstra and Carroll, uh, 10-day break in between Hofstra and Carroll MT. And so there might be a chance that we end up playing that game still. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if that's five games or four games, I really only see two wins at the most there. I mean, Hofstra is ranked 101st in Ken Palm. That's ahead of us. And while Ken Palm has us winning by one, there's no guarantee I, I don't feel any confidence that we're going to win that game. I have almost absolutely zero confidence we're going to beat Creighton. There's a, maybe a slight chance we could beat St. Mary's. But, you know, I don't see us getting more than five wins in the non-conference uh, slate of our games, which would put us at, what, five and nine going into uh, go five and seven, five, five and eight, you know, around that going into conference play. So a really bad non-conference um a really bad non-conference slate for us. We under, we had a schedule that was set up to allow us to you know build an at-large resume for the NCAA tournament. That's how Kevin Kruger created the schedule. He was expecting this team to be an NCAA tournament team, and we are failing spectacularly. So you may say, hey, well, maybe we'll turn it around in conference play. Uh, we open up conference play, San Diego State away. We've lost, I think, 21 of our last 22 games against San Diego State. Don't see us winning that. We play New Mexico at home, who are scorching hot right now. Um, Ken Palm only gives us a 20% chance of winning that game. I don't see us winning it. We play Utah State at home. That's probably our best chance. Uh, Boise State on the road. We have lost, you know, basically our last 18 of our last 20 against Boise State. I don't see us going up to Boise and winning. And then Colorado State on the road. I don't see us being any better than Owen. I don't see us winning a game. Maybe the Utah State game if we're if if we're playing better. But I mean that puts our record at essentially five and what five and thirteen, five and fourteen or fifteen. I mean, we could be looking at less than ten wins this year based on the way that the Mountain West is shaping up. It's a really good league. That would be worse possibly, or at least as bad as the first year of Marvin Menzies, where we won 11 games. And that was the worst year in program history. And this roster is senior laden with high level recruits. It's a complete and abject disaster. You know, if, if the Rebels go on a 11 game losing streak here, which they might, I, I think they'll win one. They're definitely going to win that game against Carroll MT, but that game does not count because it's against a division two level team. If the Rebels go on a 10 or 11 game losing streak, I have been saying, and everybody basically says that you cannot fire a coach mid mid season. But I mean, if the Rebels are like four and 17, what, what good is, is Kevin Kruger doing on the sideline at all? Uh, after, you know, that opening five game brutal stretch, it, the schedule does lighten up considerably. 
we get Air Force at home, we get San Jose State, uh, Fresno State at home, uh, Wyoming at home. I mean, there are some wins there, but we are going to end the year again with another brutal stretch. We're going to play Colorado State at home. We're going to play San Diego State. Uh, we're going to play Reno twice. And I don't see us getting more than 12 wins. Ken Palm has us at 12 and 17 uh, for the year. And that's just not good enough. And yeah, it's dark times. So we're going to be in a holding pattern here for the next few weeks uh, as we kind of prepare to say goodbye, to bid adieu to Kevin Kruger. And it's sad that it hasn't worked out. It's sad that it's probably not going to work out. And hey, maybe he has this incredible turnaround and turns into a good coach all of a sudden and leads the Rebels to the NCAA tournament and a great Mountain West Conference record. I wouldn't hold my breath, however. I would not. I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, it's dark times. We have these, you know, our offense has been okay this year, but our defense is ranked, you know, 220th in the country. And that's abysmal. That's just abysmal. And it's not going to cut it. And so, Kevin Kruger, you are a lame duck head coach, a good man, certainly, uh, but a failure of a head coach at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas. Watching guys like Keyshawn Gilbert and Keyshawn Hall absolutely kill it in, at other schools, you know, letting young underclass talent just walk out the door, um, especially Keyshawn Hall. I mean, he didn't go to a school that was offering him more money. He left because he was tired of being played as a center when he's actually a guard. And yeah, it's bad. It's really dark. Uh, I don't want to dwell on it anymore. We all, we all know what's coming. Let's just uh, watch the train uh, fly off the cliff and burn uh, and hope that we hire the right guy next time. Anyway, let's get into some UNLV football. So I will be brief here as uh, we don't really have much to say before the, the bowl game. It's coming up, though, against Kansas, uh, the Guaranteed Rate Bowl. Happy, happy, happy to have that matchup. Happy that our coaches are all still here. Uh, we've lost a few guys to the transfer portal, but nothing major yet. There have been some early signs that Ricky White may be coming back to UNLV next year. Uh, I don't know if I would do that if I were him, but it's going to depend on what uh, draft evaluators say. If I had a chance to get to the NFL, I know he's got a child and a wife. Uh, I would get that NFL money as quickly as possible, but we would obviously love to have him back. Uh, there are not a lot of you know people that are leaving the program at all. It looks like we're going to have a relatively stable offseason, which could be huge for going into next year uh, and really establish us as a power in the Mountain West capable of competing with Boise State. I'm looking forward to see who Coach Odom recruits this year. And yeah, that's pretty much all I've got for football for now. I will I will record a more in-depth preview of the Kansas game before. Uh, but I did want to briefly touch on the shooting that occurred on UNLV's campus uh, last week. So, uh, yeah, for those of you who are unaware, I am a UNLV law student. I am in my second year. I was on campus when the shooting occurred. However, I didn't see or hear anything. Um, I ended up just kind of leaving instead of staying in lockdown, um, which ended up being a good decision as students were kind of, you know, stuck in the, <laughs> stuck in the school all day. Um, but I just wanted to uh, say that, you know, it's a great time to be a rebel. 
it's a great time to be proud of our university and our school. And uh, it's a great time to remember the people who lost their lives. Um, that's the tragedy here. You know, finals and all this other crap that doesn't matter is, is so insignificant compared to the people that lost their lives. Uh, I am proud of the UNLV police, you know, the campus police officers that were on the scene as quickly as they were. Um, and there's a lot of people at UNLV and teams and that are really doing their best to honor, uh, you know, our university and make us proud. Uh, if you didn't know, the UNLV women's basketball team is nationally ranked. Uh, they're excellent this year. And yeah, maybe maybe give them a watch while our men's basketball gets it together. Um, not that sports really matter in the time, you know, in a time like that. But um, I, I think it's wonderful how good they are. Desi Ray Young is an absolute star. And I wanted to give them a shout out. And I also just wanted to say uh, that I'm proud to be a rebel proud to you know go to this university i was a transfer student from another university and i'm happy to be in my hometown uh going to this going to this school so my name is jason kelly this has been the let's run podcast uh let's hope that our unlv men's basketball team can turn it around here I said this on Twitter, we live in the home of the NBA, the home of Team USA Hoops. We've got a great UNLV Lady Rebels team. We've got a fantastic, maybe the greatest women's basketball team of all time with the Las Vegas Aces. Stanley Cup champion Knights. People in this town aren't going to support a loser, and there's no reason for our flagship program, the UNLV men's basketball team, to be this inept. Uh, and I changes are coming, folks. Believe me. So, thank you for checking out the show. I am Jason Kelly, and this is the Let's Run Podcast.